Welcome to Preach Kev, Preach with Rashad. I'm here with my boy Rashad, and we are the prophets. Coming to you with another episode, another sermon. What's going on, dog? Not much, man. We back again. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Like we said Tuesday, we got a big show planned for you next week with a guest. So, uh, But this week, you know, we don't, it's, it's really not that too much. No, not a lot of news. But we have, we have some important matchups coming up in the NFL, uh, playoff implications, and uh, we do, you know, we just want to dive into it. Oh yeah, man! You got the the big thing coming up in the NBA, December the fifteenth, where a lot of guys are eligible to be traded, and you know, it's almost ninety percent of the league can be traded. So that's going to be huge, you know, coming down the stretch of you know pre All Star, post All Star, like to kind of see who shakes out for us, like who who's making a playoff push or who needs to add something to make a playoff push, or who just needs to start selling assets so they can prepare themselves for this summer, even though it's not a big Frazier class, or potentially 2021, when a lot of big names will be available. Yeah, uh, we can start off, I mean, really with the big name, and that's Kevin Love. You know, I mean, I mean you know what's crazy? I feel like everything now is coming, is coming to fruition of what we said a while ago. When we talked about Miller going to the Blazers two years ago, and it took him two years to get there. We, we talked about as soon as LeBron James left and you traded Kyrie away, well, let's go ahead and blow it up and let's trade Kevin Love too. And we was you know pretty adamant about him going to the Blazers, or or even when um when Russ and when Russ and Paul George was OKC, I was like, man, that would be a great fit for him down there, you know, because he could space the floor out, get you get you eighteen and ten, you know, eat pretty easily, and. Now they want to trade them. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, they're kind of in a bad situation because they've given him this big contract. And, you know, with, I know I know the salary cap is going up and guys are making more now, but he has a what I would consider a bad contract. He's making 28 to $30 million for the next, for this year, and three more additional years. So, I mean, I'm not really sure why the Cavs even did that because it's not like – I understand they wanted a name, but, you know, Kevin Love isn't boosting ticket sales for you guys. He's not LeBron James or anything like that. So I'm not sure what was the incentive of giving him that deal when basically the run was over. Yeah, it was it was way too long for me. I, I thought when he signed it, I feel like he didn't put no thought into it as far as, oh, LeBron may not leave again. He left twice, two different places. You, don't, you didn't think he would leave again or – you knew how Kyrie was feeling. Y'all, I, I think both of them had the mental, you know, the mental issues going on. So I feel like you, you, you probably saw how he was and trying to get inside his mind, which is probably crazy to do. But signing, signing that long deal, it, it just wasn't in the cards. It wasn't smart. Yeah, he he signed that deal back on July 24, 2018, four-year deal, $120 million extension. I don't see what was the point of that because LeBron was gone. So now you're basically resigning your team so you still have Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love. You know, you are you don't have anything that's game-changing as far as, like, making a playoff push or anything like that. 
And then we know throughout his career, K Love has been pretty injury prone. So I'm not sure what's the incentive of giving this guy that kind of money. Like once LeBron, once you traded Kyrie out, all right, now LeBron's out. Go ahead and scrap that big three thing. Let Kevin Love go somewhere else. Trade him somewhere else so you get something back. I don't see what was the point of giving him that deal. No, I I really don't. But he he said he want to go to a contender now. Um, some Blazers. He mentioned. I don't know. <laughs> that's not a contender. But um, if you if you was to pick some teams or where you think he would fit, uh, what's one that you have? Yeah, the Blazers aren't a contender. Not in my opinion, anyway. But. He is from the Oregon area, so we saw in the last, what, decade or so, a lot of guys just want to go to a place that they consider home where they grew up at. So Kevin Love, he's from Oregon. Um, so he went, he played college ball at UCLA, but there's no way he's going to go to an L.A. team. Lakers and Clippers just too stacked. So the logical option would be, Portland, so so he can kind of have his homecoming thing, kind of like how Kawhi and PG have now, and Kyrie's back in Brooklyn. You know, a lot of guys just want to go and play someone what they're familiar with or grew up at. So that would be ideal for the Blazers, but at the same time, not so ideal because if you were to make a trade for Kevin Love, you're pretty much resigning your team to the same three to five guys for the next three to four years, and that's not going to get you anywhere because you already gave Dame his extension. CJ has his extension. Kevin Love is on an extension given to him by the Cavs, and they also extended Nurkic. So that would basically be your core for the next three to five years, and you drafted some guys, but who knows how that's going to pan out. So you would basically just be resigning your cap situation to three guys making 28 to 40 million because Dane's deal goes up to about 40 million, I think, starting a year from now. So you would basically have three guys making 28 to 40 million, Nurkic on his 12 million for four years, and then you're going to fill the roster with a bunch of guys like Rodney Hoods, Anthony Simons, and Nazir Little, and whoever else decides to come there. But Portland is not the biggest free agent market, so you're going to just be getting guys on vet minimums. Yeah, you know, we all know Portland not a not a uh, free agent destination. So the only way to build stuff is through, you know, is through trades. Um, another team that I I like outside of the Blazers, and if he, I mean, I, I kind of want to say the Suns. And when you have a guy like Aiton who already can space the floor when he comes back for suspension. Devin Booker, Rubio, Rubio and Kevin Love, who played together before, uh, Kelly Oubre, who's out of his mind right now, that's a good starting five in this West because obviously they're not the Lakers standard or the Clippers or not even, you know, Dallas and Rockets probably not, but they can be that, that next tier down. And already being in the playoffs right now, I think that's already impressive that you're, you're I mean, you're one game, you know, two games below 500, but you're still a, you're still a, a young team and, if you get somebody like Kevin Love to come into that system, then maybe, because I think Dario Sarri, he's averaging like, you know, 10 and 8. You replace that with a guy who can get you 17 and 12, you know, just to give you a number. I think that's, you know, that's a way to go. Uh, I think they have Tyler Johnson as a trade, as you know, for, for salaries to match up. Um, but I did, I did look at that, and, and I did like that option. 
I was like, maybe, maybe that that's, that that might not be bad for Kevin Love. Kevin Love, he really flourished when he's not in the spotlight. Yeah, I thought about the Suns as well, but then, like, the thing about a Kevin Love trade is the person who's being involved in that trade is going to Cleveland. Cleveland is similar to what we said about Portland. Cleveland is not a free agent destination. And then just look at all the turmoil they have. They're not winning. They only win when they have LeBron James, and he's not coming back. So you don't have LeBron James to to help you win, boost ticket sales, anything like that. You have a coach who's from college, and all we can see, the team is not buying into what Beeline is selling. Like, those young guys are just not – it's just not fitting there. So you got to still think about, all right, well, if somebody – trades an expiring contract for Kevin Love, the Cavs lose out on that on that deal because they're gonna have a bunch of cap space, but nobody's gonna wanna go there and play there. Or if they do spend the money on somebody, it's not gonna take them anywhere because now they just have to spend the money just to say they spent the money. So, you know, when I, when I was thinking about that Blazers deal, Baysmore, White Side for Kevin Love, something like that, or, you know, a Baysmore Zach Collins for Kevin Love. That's not moving the needle for Cleveland. Well, it shouldn't because they already have a bunch of guys on expirings like Tristan Thompson and a few others. So what would getting another expiring do? They're just going to have a bunch of cap space and nobody's spending on pretty much. Yeah, it's really not too much you can really do because, I mean, all you can do is get assets, and that's like really just a first-round pick and hope it's a you know hope it's a, a lottery pick because you can hit on any pick. It, it, I don't really think it matters. Obviously, you want to be at the top of the draft with a guy like Lamella Ball, Anthony Edwards from Georgia, Wiseman from Memphis, but you're not going to be in that ballpark with their pick. But with your pick, you can get that, and you can have another guy later on in the draft that you can build or even you know use the trade later on. So it's it's kind of like if Kevin Love wants out, you're going to have to get him out because you're not using him in the first place anyway. Um, another team I thought about, Miami, do you think, you know, Miami has some pieces that that the Cavs would want to take because the bad thing about it, a lot of good pieces that are young are mostly guards in this league right now that, you know, teams would trade for, and you can't do it for the Cavs because Sexton and, and Darius Garland's already there. So is there and there really no big man that you can really go replace them or, or a good wing? So you just have to take what you can get at this point. Yeah, I don't think Miami does it either just because – they're so good at player development, they don't really need to take on an aging vet making $30 million a year. You see what uh, Bam is doing and Nunn, Harrell, and, you know, they're going to go on Dragon. He's going to expire, but he's still playing pretty good this year. So they, they have tradable pieces, but it's like, do you commit to Jimmy – and Kevin Love each for thirty million dollars. They're about the same age, thirty, thirty-one. So if you commit those two guys for thirty-something million dollars, but then you trade away some of your other things to, you know, to bring him in. So you basically commit to that team for the next couple of years. So it just kind of depends upon what their their thinking is in regards to this. I don't, I don't think Miami would do it. Uh, I think if Kevin Love gets traded, it's going to have to be a a three-team deal. I don't just see somebody doing it just straight up. Know him for X Y Z. I think it had to be three teams involved. Yeah, I'm I'm sitting just going through just going through the teams and I'm looking and I mean, contender man, that's a stretch. 
<laughs> you know, like it's not that many, it's not that many guys that you would call you know quote unquote contenders. I mean, I think he can, I think he can flourish in a couple of places, but they're, I think they all are tier two teams, and it would need to go their way for them to win because you know as as right now I feel like it's a good five teams that can win it all, and even though we came into the league with a lot of, it's so wide open. I as as we went through twenty to twenty five games, we see it's it's not really. Yeah, we thought it would be a, a real big parity year, but it's really not. We kind of see, all right, Lakers and Clippers are better than everybody else. Bucks with Giannis are better than everybody else. The Heat have kind of surprised everybody. Right, I guess. right, right. That's a surprise. But, but you know, for the most part, Sixers are still pretty close. Um, Pacers. That's our, you know, we're, we're hounding them. They haven't got both people back yet, but you got Brock and who's going to probably play himself into an all-star bid. So, you know, it's it's kind of just like tier one. You got, what, three or four teams, and everybody else is kind of between tier two and tier three. Like the Rockets, depending upon what night you catch them, can go from tier two to tier one, but it's not a whole lot that's changing the game. So, but yeah, Kevin Love, his options aren't, he don't have a lot of options, honestly. It's not a whole lot of teams that you would consider quote-unquote contenders that are going to be at the bargaining table trying to go get him. Yeah, exactly. He just, he just didn't hope he can get into the playoffs wherever he go. Um, another 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 team, uh, another player, should I say, sitting at the house, Iggy, do you think he goes to a contending team or you think, you th- you think the Grizzlies kind of give up their hand and, and buy him out or you think they just ride it out? I don't see the Grizzlies giving in to Iggy's, you know, buyout deal. If they're because that they would basically just kind of hand him over to somebody else. If they are smart, and I think they do have decent ownership and you know the decent front office, where they can say, "Look, if anybody wants him, you're going to have to trade for him. We want something back. We're not going to just pay this guy to go potentially win a championship or something like that, and we don't get anything in return." But that's really all the buyout is. The player gets to be free, and the team just is stuck with nothing. So I don't think the Grizzlies should do that. I mean, they're paying him anyway because no money guaranteed. But I wouldn't pay him to let him go be a key piece to somebody else. I want to – you're leverage. We're going to use you to get something back. That's just business. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, It's been a lot of speculation of teams. I think Miami Heat was trying to get him. Um, you know, obviously the Rockets want him. It, it just, it just, he can go. He really, he really is a. First of all, I seen some couple of idea trades, and I'm like, Iggy, Iggy at this point really is not that. To to me, he's not that special anymore. I, I mean, it may, I might be just, I might, I might just be wrong to it, but blind to it of how good he really is. But coming off last season, I wasn't impressed. I mean, he's a good, I think he's a good uh, 15 minute, 20 minute player, and he's very versatile. But um, I, I don't, I don't really think he makes you a. You know, if you're a championship team, I don't think. Well, I, I think if you're a tier two team, I don't think ad, adding Iggy makes you jump you to tier one. Yeah, I'm not even sure what team he would fit on. He turns 36 in January, which in general life is not old. Like 30s are still some prime years. Uh, look at LeBron. LeBron's just barely younger than Iggy, and he's having almost a career year. He's on he's on his same career pace he's always been on. But Iggy, of course, has some injuries. He's broken down, and he's just not the caliber of player that LeBron James is. But I'm with you. I don't really see what he does 
special now that would really transform a team. Like, no need to go to the Lakers. They already have enough depth there. No need to go to the Clippers. They already have plenty of depth. I'm not sure how things ended bad for him in Denver when he was there. So there's no way he goes back to Denver. I don't think he would fit on Houston because he's not that elite of a knockdown three-point shooter. Um, he still can defend well at times, but you know those are the, basically the, the best of the West outside of the Mavs. So who does he go to? And if you can look at the East, Milwaukee's already pretty stacked up. I doubt he makes a return back to Philly, but it's not far-fetched. And yeah. Miami's probably the only other team, so where does he really go? I was about to say, Sixers, I don't think they have anything to trade to <laughs> to get uh, any of those young pieces. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna stick a needle and say, man, my boy James Jones in, over there in Phoenix, man, come on, get Kevin Love and Iguodala, man, <laughs> because you know you know you know I, I'm a big Rubio fan, and of course I like David Booker, so I oh, yeah, I, I, I want them to, man. I, I want them to succeed. So I mean, whatever whatever it means to help them out, uh, <laughs> those two players are up. Sons got you know Sons Sons got cap space, so they're not worried about that. So. Um, the, uh, another, another player, CP3, uh, when I watched OKC Thunder, I'd be surprised actually, like, obviously the names on paper doesn't really, you know, scare you, but Shy and, and Dennis are playing really great. And I think that has a, has a lot to do with Chris Paul being there. I think when you talk about one of the best point guards of, of, of NBA history, you get two guys who can, who can uh, learn behind them and or learn with them actually, cause they playing right, right along with them. I don't. I don't really know. Know if it's a bad experience that Chris Paul thought he would have. Like I was coming into the to the uh, expression that they would be one of the worst teams <laughs> in the West, um, and that's just not the case this year. They're they're tied for the seventh seed right now, so they're right there in the mix. And I'm I'm shocked. Do do OKC trade Chris Paul? Do they trade Danilo? Do they still trade Adams? I know they want to tank, but I mean. I don't think you're going to get lucky again and draft you a James Harden, draft you a Russ, and draft you a Kevin Durant. I I think that's just once in a lifetime opportunities that you, you know that you kind of passed, you know gave up on, and I don't think you're going to have that again, even if you, even if you try to tank. And then again, you can't tank. You can't tank better than the Pelicans. You can't tank better than the New York Knicks. So how how are you going to get a top guy? So do, do you stay packed or do you try to sell? I believe the Thunder, for some reason, are like the luckiest team in like the last decade because they drafted. Well, this is before the decade, but they drafted Harden, Westbrook, Durant, and another solid player, Jeff Green. All those guys pretty much came back to back to back to back, and then you know they made some trades and pulled off some great things. Like when they they also had Serge Ibaka. When they traded Serge, that came with a trade of getting back Oladipo and. Uh, Sabonis, who's balling out for the Pacers right now. Oh, they messed that up. <laughs> they messed you that know, up. <laughs> and then you, you know, then you flip those guys to the Pacers to get Paul George. And then now you flip Paul George, and you got back. You know, you got Chris Paul over here. So like, for some, I don't know how they do it, but Sam Presti, he's always working, making trades. They have a good scout team because they got you know uh, Shea out there so they have to make a move if they, if they want to make a playoff push they do have to make a move but if they're resigning themselves to all right let's just 
and try to pull the you know pull the reins back and start trying to bottom out a little bit, they're gonna have to unload Chris Paul because how he's set up, he's wired to compete and try to win all the time. Like you know that delay a game thing. Like he's wired to always compete. Yeah, I well two things I want to take away from the OKC so far. Chris Paul is a winner. I I mean he might not get a championship. He may not ever get that. But everywhere he's gone, he has produced a team that even with the names, you be like, how are they winning? And you you know me, uh, and you too, that wings win rings. Like Luka emerging, see how good the, the Mavs are now. And LeBron, of course, Ben Simmons. And it's, it's very rare that uh, Isaiah Thomas win, wins the championship, but Steph Curry wins the championship. You really don't see that that little guard win. But it's like Chris Paul, if he, could, if he was ever – I mean, yes, he had, he had James Harden, but I don't think that was a great fit. But if he had ever got to a, if he ever got to in his prime with a, a better player than him, there's no doubt in my mind that he would he would have a championship. Um, and second, I think Sam Presti is the he is the dumbest genius of all time. Cause I like like all things you mentioned, like how did he do all this? How did he draft? You know, I would say at least three of the top 15 players in NBA right now. Then you have then you have he got Paul George in the trade. He got Oladipo in the trade. He had got Sabonis, and then he got like thirty draft picks from the Clippers. I just don't understand how he's, how he's, you know, how he's so good at this, yet he still hasn't won a championship. He only been to one finals, um, one for a second. He can't, he can't, he can't draft coaches either. I mean, not draft coaches, but uh, hire coaches. I mean, I'm not a fan of Billy Donovan. I'm not a fan of uh, what's the dude uh, Wizards. Um, uh, Scott, Brooks. Scott Brooks, not a fan of his. If he could ever get the coach thing right, he might have. He might have. He might could do something. Well, I won't blame it on Sam Presley. I'll blame this all on ownership because the Thunder are the dynasty that the Warriors became. Because if ownership would have said, "We'll just eat the luxury tax, make sure James is here," they would have won championships. Because those years, Kevin Durant hurt his foot and Russ had his injury, James would have been there to support, you know, still play that that second or third star role. Or maybe over time, things play out differently. Maybe they realize this team just isn't gelling and we need to get rid of Russ and let KD and Harden run it. But they should have made that's, – that's, I thought that on ownership. I don't blame that on Sam Presti because as a GM, he's done great. And with talent so good, Scott Brooks is going to make it work. I mean, he just... Oh, yeah, he's, he's solid. Yeah, he's solid. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the Thunder had so much talent. I mean, at some point, you know, three of the top 15 players in the league right now, and they were all young emerging then, so they would have got back to another finals or two or three, like LeBron's. <laughs> you know, they would have got back <laughs> a few more times just having that much talent in Scott Brooks. I mean, he wasn't bad. He wasn't, you know, great Popovich either, but he wasn't bad. Yeah, I... You know, I, I, I am gonna knock him for that Sabonis trade. You know, I'm a you know I'm a big international guy, and Sabonis is a baller. He got paid like it, and now he's hooping. So, <laughs> obviously, I mean, I mean, like I said, it's all, it's all a hindsight view. But uh, Sam President has done a good job, and like I said, I'm very surprised because I thought OKC would be right there with the Warriors right now. Um, but you know, they're right down there. Like I said, tied with the seventh seed in the West. And at any moment they can, I mean, Chris Paul, they can spot right up because they they playing three point guards, <laughs> like 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 this is normal. Yeah, I think they may have to move Gallinari though, just because he's 
he's going to be a, a highly sought-after piece for teams that are going for that playoff push. So I think Gallinari does get moved. It doesn't matter what does he get moved for. Like If it's, if it's the right team and the right trade assets, Gallinari probably could go in a, you know, a, a fair trade. But if it's something that you know they, they can't work out with a team, he may be like Kevin Love. He may take a third team, depending upon who's seeking his services pretty much. Yeah, uh, I've, I've I've heard some rumors about Danilo. Um, you know, mostly to teams like the like a Pacers team. Uh, they came up before, and and that was that was to give them a better a better stretch player next to next to Zabonis. And I was thinking, okay, who would you trade for? And and Miles Turner came to mind because I thought Miles Turner was about to hit that next step when you you know when you average ten rebounds, you're leading the league in blocks. And the only thing that lacks was your scoring, but you're a type of guy who can shoot threes. You can you you're good at mid range. You can make free throws. I don't know what's what's taking him so long to make that to take that step. And then I thought, okay, he's on Team USA. He's about to ball out, but then he don't get to play with Dame and and Harden and Bill. He plays with you know the the B team, and I don't really think that helped him out. And I thought it would, but no, not now knowing that he's not he's not the answer for Indiana. If they moved on because the Pacers are a great defensive team with Nate McMillan. He preaches defense, so they'll they'll be fine without his his services. But if you was a trade to get him, obviously him and Adams really can't play together. It's still Adams been on the trade block as well. So I don't really know what Sam Presti thinking, but Miles Turner, who's only like twenty four years old, something around there. I mean, that's you know for the future that that's pretty promising. And he's on a. Fairly friendly deal. He's making about eighteen million, but I hate to say it because I like I like the guy. And I remember when we did our NBA preview there my team, and I was trying to figure out how him and Sabonis work, and we kind of see now Sabonis has emerged. The Pacers paid him, and they kind of see, you know, we we may have to move on from Turner. I think he might have peaked last year though. He was averaging about thirteen, fourteen points, seven boards, almost three blocks, and this year he's kind of regressed on on both fronts, but still averaging about two and a half blocks a game, which is phenomenal. Right. But but at the same time, him and Sabonis, they just can't be on the floor together at all times. So Turner is probably going to be the odd man out of the two, and he'll probably get moved at some point. Unless the Pacers just feel like we don't, in case Sabonis got hurt or something, that this time you still have Turner there to step in, and he knows the offense and the defensive schemes, and you can keep on rolling. But teams like Boston, who need a big, they should be seeking the services of Turner, who's only making $18 million, can space the floor, defend, shoot threes, as opposed to Steven Adams, who's making more than, like, Miles Turner. Because Boston's biggest need is they need a big. If they get a big, Man. They, they, they could be a legit contender in the East. Like, I think now they're just a good team. They're going to win 55, 60 games. And they'll probably get another second round because they're going to run into a team with more size than them, and they just won't be able to handle that. But if they can make a trade for a true five, a 6'10", 225, 250-pound guy like a Miles Turner or Steven Adams, I think that can put them into that conversation with Milwaukee and Philadelphia. Uh, man, I think we should be like, what's it called, consultants to NBA teams because – it took it took them two years to get Melo to the Blazers. Now Love wouldn't go there. I, I told him that two three years ago, 
And Boston' biggest need, even even with Al Horford there, was a big man. Because Al Horford really has been played out of his position his whole career. He should have been a power forward, which he was in college. Um, but yeah, they they need to make a move for a big man. I mean, cancer, cancer is cancer. That 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 we already know what he is, and he he, he didn't really have any upside. But a Miles Turner who got potential, like I said, first of all, when you say he peaked, I kind of like fell back in my chair a little bit because I'm like, man, you can't peak at 13 points a game. <laughs> That's not <laughs> that is not a number I want you to stop at. But no, think about it. You know, certain guys just have that certain level they only can go to. Look at um, I don't like him. I think he's probably top two or three most already in the game right now. Look at Rudy Gobert. He's gonna play defense. He's gonna rebound. But he's been in the league a couple of years now. He plays international ball. But Rudy Gobert still just can't post up. Yeah, but he can't. But Miles Turner can shoot threes and make free throws. <laughs> That's like. You would think somebody with the overall package, would you know, would, would do something, but I guess I, I guess not. Um, do you think? No, uh, I, I, I think he's peaked. If he if he has another good year, I mean, maybe fifteen points a game, maybe eight boards, but he's still not getting you that that double double like uh, Andre Drummond would, or even uh, even uh, you know my guy, your guy, Mister Bill Russell, Julian Clicker. <laughs> Clint Capella, he's not even doing that. <laughs> hey, yeah, uh, for everybody who don't know, we we say that, you know, if Bill Russell, now, should I get into it? Should we get into it right You brought it up, so I'm, I'm going to get into it. Bill Russell, uh, yesterday everybody says, you know, he's the great. Obviously, I'm not going to knock a, a legend because that's what he is, but we talk about basketball in a sense. Rashad got this theory, and I'm backing him up, that Clint Capella what is Bill Russell? Bro, if Bill <laughs> Russell played in a game today, he would be in like the same mode of Clint Capella. Like, you would be a, a will be. You run, you jump, rebound, jump, get you a block and a half, two blocks a game, <laughs> and, and, and that's it. Did you know you could shop around for prescription prices? With GoodRx, you can find free coupons at over 70,000 pharmacies and save up to 80%. It's that easy. But don't just take my word for it. Dr. Adam says, I've been telling all my patients about GoodRx. Jacqueline says, my medication was $65 without insurance, but I paid $25. Aubriana says, you don't have to pay full price to live your best life. Couldn't have said it better myself. GoodRx is 100% free. Download the GoodRx app today and start saving. GoodRx is not insurance. I don't care if you use basketball reference to compare it analytically. I don't care if you use the eye test. That's basically <laughs> what Bill would... And that's not... Being disrespectful, they're just saying like that's what he would be in the league today. Because when he did play, you can't be one of the five biggest guys in the league and not even shooting fifty and sixty percent when all your your shots would have come from around the rim. <laughs> hey, I seen a video they were showing about. Um, I, I don't know if you saw Isaiah Thomas commented on it. He was like, "Man, I would have killed these guys." It was a footage back of the day Lakers versus Celtics, and Bill had like a little. A ten foot bunny, and he, he he hit the front of the rim. Exactly, man. <laughs> like, of course, I'm not gonna. I will never disrespect any NBA players because it takes a lot to get to that level. But the game has evolved, so like, it, it's not fair to compare eras because the guys who were the best then, they they were the best because for whatever reason, because they were more talented, more athletic than whatever. But you drop those guys into today's NBA, those guys would not be that good. Now, 
a guy like Michael Jordan, he'll be good in any era because look at what James Harden doing. That's basically Michael Jordan who will lead the league and score, but also play defense and stuff like that. But Bill Russell, his, his game is his game. That'll be playing Capella today. <laughs> that's that's rebounded dunking, 15 to 10, maybe some 2020 games, and that's it. Hey, let's put it, let's go and put it on a T-shirt. Uh, Clint Capella equals Bill Russell. No, Bill, <laughs> Clint Capella greater than. <laughs> All right, let's, let's let's move on. Hey, do you think the um do you think the Warriors will will trade D'Lo? Not not this year. No, they got to they got to keep somebody on the team. Man, forget to keep, it. To, to keep Steve Kerr sane, they nah. got to keep somebody. Trade D'Lo. Tell my boy where he should have went. Which was the Timberwolves, because now my boy Andrew Wiggins has arrived. Cat is cat. We already know what he's about. Andrew Wiggins, draft day by my boy Drake. He has finally arrived. And all he need now is another guy. All he need is one more piece. Tim Wolves will be in the playoffs. I don't care. I don't know what Tim Wolves gotta do. I trade the whole team. Just give me my three guys. And uh what's our, what's Saunders uh son name? Uh the coach. Oh, Ryan. Ryan Saunders, and that's all I need. I don't need nobody else, my boy. Cause uh, I mean, I just I'm just thinking like the Warriors. The Warriors need to go ahead and and trade it because go and get you a first round pick just in case the Timberwolves you know tank a little bit. You have two top ten picks maybe. Um, definitely you better get a star and Wiseman. You don't really need the D'Lo because you have Curry and Clay. They're on the way back. You don't you don't really need them. I, I don't think that's I don't think they're going to work as 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 well as people think. I. I don't think they work at all. So you might as well. And, and now your hole is too is too deep to get yourself out of. So you might as well go ahead and just blow it up. And it would have been. It, it may have worked, but I'd rather not find out. In my opinion, if they do look at straight like that, I need Covington back. Oh, definitely. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh no, 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 no. You, 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 you take Covington. I take Jared Culver, uh, Culver from uh, Texas Tech, and you can give me a first round. Yeah, they got they got to give up something because so that, the, the the Wolves roster isn't that deep, and I, I think Jeff Teague is on the expiry, so he he could be somebody's he, he could be trade yeah they could trade somebody. yeah they could trade Jeff Teague he's sorry anyway he's sorry bro I'm, I'm annoyed with him like bro you got Cat calling for the ball and you don't pass it to him like how do you not pass the ball to one of the best players in the league you gonna drive to the basket and get your shot blocked <laughs> he's hey he's he trying to he's trying to get back to the old Atlanta ways man back when he was good. He wasn't even good then. He only made the All Star team that year because the, the team was good and the, the East always been weak. <laughs> hey, um, but but for real, I I think D Lo, I think that experiment w- may have worked. Maybe I'm gonna go with no. But you know, we never would have known because Clay was out already, and him Curry and Draymond that just wasn't that wasn't gonna be enough. And having Curry and D Lo on the court together, boy, you talking about can we play defense? <laughs> no. <laughs> so let's go ahead and trade trade get a Covington. Trade to get a Culver, and you can have two young pieces right there who are potentially can be not stars, but you know above average role players. Have a have a Draymond in place, and then when you get that top pick next year in the draft, you know the NBA might rig that thing because they don't want to give it to the Knicks, so they gonna they gonna they gonna let you get Wiseman, and then now you back easily. Shoot, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even want Culver, man. Let me roll with Jordan Poole. Man, no, I can't. Uh no, nah. I I ain't with I ain't, I ain't with the pool no nah. I ain't with the, I ain't with him. Yeah, I, I just I like I just my like Jordan Poole. I mean, I, hey, I think Culver has some upside, man. But I'll just 
somebody from this Warriors bunch that's playing now, somebody's going to emerge. I just, so I would just, because like, you get to see who's playing now, and you know, somebody's going to emerge. But I would just roll with a Jordan Poole or somebody like that. I mean, I wouldn't even really ask. But of course, you ask for Kobe, so you maybe you can flip him, you know, another trade or something like that. But I just tell him, hey, I want your pick, Covington, and you know, we'll work out the rest. Some hey, there. But before we go into the NFL, these two guys I, I I really want to get traded, and I'm gonna I'm gonna will that to happen. I don't know how, but I'm just gonna put it in the atmosphere. Uh, JJ Reddick, when he signed up to the Pelicans, I said, "Boy, you got to be dumb." And <laughs> and the reason I said is because he's always been on, on a playoff caliber team. He he is a great piece to a championship team as far as. You can shoot the basketball. Him him or Orlando with Dwight Howard. Him with the Philadelphia 76ers. Those were perfect spots because he's going to get you 17. And he's not the best player. He might not be the second or the third best. And that's a problem for other teams to face because you cannot leave him open. And I don't understand why he went to the Pelicans. I I get the all leadership and stuff, but you want to win the championship. You have you you've been to one back in Orlando, but you, you need to get there. And I feel like when he made that decision, he kind of messed himself up. And I really don't know where he can go, but a team like a Utah Jazz or a Denver Nuggets, somebody in that tier two level that can use a sniper, uh, I'm I'm all for JJ Reddick to get moved uh, because he's just he's he, he's he's not I mean he's doing what he's doing, but it's, it's it doesn't mean anything because he's on a six nineteen team. Yeah, I think he had to go get his he had to go get his money. Like he wanted to get paid for sure. I would have preferred he stayed in Philly because he would have kind of offset some of their deficiencies. They but, can't shoot for nothing. Philly still yeah, can't like, shoot. <laughs> yeah, they they should have gave him. The, they should have gave him the money. I think he signed up with a two year, twenty six, twenty seven, something like that. They should have made sure they paid him to offset what Ben doesn't want to do and things like that. But when money kind of gets tight, you give Ben an extension. You pay Horford to come in, add some more size, and kind of be a. Tendency in, in, in case, yeah, in case Joel goes down, you give Tobias a deal, and then you basically swap money with Jimmy for Josh Richardson. So I guess it kind of made JJ the odd man out, but there are a few teams that could use his services. Now, a guy I want to see trading, I want to see Bogdan Bogdanovich that's from my, that's my guy. From, I want to see him from the Kings, I want to see him get traded. I, I wouldn't mind seeing him on Toronto. I think Toronto and Milwaukee are two great spots for him. Um, my boy, you know, from Serbia, you know, you know, I'm a, I'm always gonna ride my boy's team Serbia. But um, him and Toronto, you know, that's the international team kind of like because Siakam and OG and uh, what uh, who else can uh, Ibaka Gasol. Um, you know, I think Toronto are are two or three moves away from being back the championship contender because. You you don't really you don't really need okay I'm not gonna say you don't need Kawhi because he's great, but you can do it you can do it around everybody else and that culture and getting Marcus he's fell off the earth so I think moving him to try to go get Tristan Thompson would be smart and then and he's Canadian and then going to get Boggy like that's just that just complements you so well because yes Siakam can score and yes Van Fleet and so can Larry and they did that last year. But they missing that next score, that fourth score, and obviously he's not Kawhi Leonard. But you're talking about a guy who's fearless, who can shoot threes at a high rate. Uh, he can put the ba- he can put the ball in the basket, and that it that is a good that's a good fit for him. And I think the same the same situation is in Milwaukee when you have Bledsoe, you have Milton, 
You can you can try to rely on them, but you saw last year when when they was you know ganging up on Giannis in the playoffs, the Raptors, they have nobody else to go to. So him in Milwaukee or Toronto would be perfect. Um, I hope I hope he gets out of Sacramento just because he's better. He's a starter. Like he's a he's a starter. He's a top thirty shooting guard in the league, and he should be played like he should be playing like it. Yeah, I think for the season, Sacramento should be inclined to keep him because they're sitting at eleven and thirteen right now. Their their next couple of games, like their next stretch of the rest of December and January, they could play themselves to five hundred and above five hundred and start creeping towards that six sevens. You know, they're they're in the time for it, but they can start creeping towards that six seven seed because Utah isn't much further ahead of them. So I think they they should be inclined to keep him. Because you have Harrison Barnes, you have you know you pay a buddy, and you still got Fox Bagley, so you you kind of have some good young pieces, and you're building something nice. But financially, with Fox and Bagley's deals coming up in the near future, and Bogdanovich, he didn't take the extension they offered him already, so you kind of have to feel like he's going to play his heart out this year and cash in somewhere. They should keep him so they can make a playoff push. But if something is to be had, where you can Flip him and get you something else back. I, I, I've been all for like him going to Toronto. Tristan's on the expiring deal. You get him back in Canada, his home, you know, his home. You know, a lot of guys are going home, so you get Tristan back home. You give Van Fleet an extension. Toronto won a championship, so like they don't have to try to go win another title. It'll be nice, but at least just compete for the next five to ten years because Siakam's only keep getting better 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 he's on that that Giannis trajectory so he's only keep getting better so why not just pay him you pay him pay Van Fleet get Bogdanovich try to get Tristan there you got Kyle on a one more one more year next year maybe you can flip him next year and get something else and after that part shoot Masai might ride off into the sunsets and go somewhere else <laughs> man yeah, Masai got the best job in the world right now um, let's flip script and go to the NFL. Um, your Patriots, uh, they, you know, a little speculation, a little Spygate 2.0. Um, they, they're, they're in there filming to do your job with the advanced scouts. And I, I think, I think the way the NFL works about the advanced scouts, they can go because they're playing them next that they can go there and they can, you know, watch the players and stuff like that and, and go and get prepared for the next game and w- which they are allowed to do. But the Bengals were not aware of the, Third party uh, videotape got a uh, uh, camera recorder, whatever he was, uh, recording. And a Bengal scout was in the room and he said that the Patriots, the Patriots were filming the, the sideline, the coaches the whole time. Now, do, do you think that, I mean, obviously, when you're a ten, you got 10 wins and you're playing a team who can't win, who they had one win all season, do we really think the Patriots were cheating? Uh, because I this this time I know they're not. I mean, just logically speaking, they don't need to be videotaping the Bengals because it don't take a whole lot to beat the Bengals. This just I mean the Bengals <laughs> are terrible. They're, they're terrible this year. They should not be videotaping the Bengals sideline or trying to steal play calls anything like that. But hypothetically, let's say they were doing it. What they should have done. It's a went to seat giant. Don't show up in your Patriots gear. <laughs> buy you some tickets. Buy you some tickets to the <laughs> go to seat giant. Buy you some tickets to the Bengals game, and then videotape from the crowd. 
Seat Giant has all the tickets you need for any sporting event, concert event, shows, whatever you need. Seat Giant has what you need. Use the code 12 Sports, and you will get a discount on your purchase. But they, if I'm the patron, that's all it is. If you out here trying to record something and steal some signals, I'm going to Seat Giant. I'm putting in 12 Sports, and I'll get two tickets to the Bengals. Hey, that was great. But, that was great. <laughs> that was great. But but on the real, man, they don't have to record stuff from the Bengals. It's not necessary. Uh, I think this is a time they weren't doing anything egregious against league rules. And I agree with Belichick. It seems like a different department where he wouldn't know what's going on, so the blame shouldn't fall on him at all. Well, I think Bill Belichick is a mobster, and you know he don't he don't he don't touch the work. You know, um, he. Everybody else do the dirty work for him, but uh, I don't know if they really would cheat. You know, what what are those movies called when you know you you're doing something in in broad daylight, and then while you're doing something else underneath, um, you don't know those, kind of, those type of movies like uh, Takers or or Ocean's Eleven or something like that. And you you think this is like smoke and mirrors? Like do you do you think the Patriots are doing this? Oh, everybody worry about this. Wow, there's probably another scout, just like you said, dressed up somewhere else, and he's recording this and this and that, or maybe he's on the sideline, or maybe he's somewhere talking to AJ Green, or maybe he's talking to Odell Beckham Jr. because they was they were both in the stadium that day. Do you do you think it was something else, a smoking mirror attempt, and maybe just maybe there was another scout trying to pry away a player for next season? Cause that's that's that's, that's gonna happen. You, you know, I, I don't know if that te- it probably is tampering rules like the NBA, but you know, it's, it's ways around to to work that system. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, it was a scout, so you know, it, it could have been a, a multitude of things that was going on. But at the same time, if it's against league rules, you just can't do it. But the guy was they were so forthcoming about it, like, hey, you can erase the footage; it's not a big of a deal. And he just handed it over, so I'm not sure. Exactly, that's why. That's why I said you know. and smoking me here because they got caught. Oh well, because what, what we yeah, doing? Yeah. What we doing is about to sign OBJ next year, or trade for OBJ, or sign AJ Green or something. I don't know. I, I just, I just don't understand. You know why it was such a, you know, a thing. I mean, I, obviously you can't be recording people, but it's like I'm not believing that they're they're recording Cincinnati. Like I think we can beat Cincinnati. <laughs> like they, like you, you can tell they weren't up to anything because they weren't up to something. Why would they guy go in Patriots gear with his credentials? Right, exactly, and and being you know it, it just it just it just don't make any sense. Uh, you know the Patriots defense has been good all season. I don't think they need to need to worry about Andy Dalton and and and, uh, and Tyler Boyd. But yeah, I don't think John Ross coming back is going to just oh we got to. They're going to wreck the Patriots' defense. Right. But but like I said, well, a team that need receivers, and you know two guys has been been on the news about being out. It's A.J. Green. It's the reason why he ain't come back this season. It's not. That, I don't think it's that hurt, in my opinion. I, don't, I mean, he was supposed to be – it was to be like a five-week injury. It turned into the whole season. Um, and Oda Beckham, we, we heard about the rumors about him wanting to come out and him talking to pay, uh, Tom Brady and – and all this different stuff, and you know he wants to be in a winning culture, so you know it w- it wouldn't shock me. And I don't know, it might not come from this game, but who knows? Maybe somebody, maybe they was in town and they were just wanted to, 
I don't know, go take Agent Green out to lunch or something and talk to him about his plans for the future, which is probably with New England. Yeah, AJ or Odell will definitely be on New England next year. Like, there's no way both of them avoid going to New England. One of them will be there. Yeah, and One I think should've, they, they should have been there this year. I mean, I think you know Brady wanted Odell to go to come there, but I don't think the Giants were willing to make a trade with the Patriots. And we know they were inquiring about AJ Green, but the Bengals are just so terribly run. You decide to hold on to the guy and. I mean, he's gonna walk for nothing now. I understand <laughs> he's a he's a he's a franchise cornerstone, but he's no. gonna walk for nothing. And then Andy Dalton, I mean, I understand you don't owe me no more guaranteed money, but he's gonna probably walk for nothing when you could have probably traded him and got like a third or fourth round pick or something. Right, exactly. So I I think I think next year I think we can come back to this to to this tape and and, and see that it this probably was the week that they secured AJ Green or OBJ. And it just you know it, it it took some time for it to, for it to come to you know come to uh you know to our eyes, but I think this this might have been the week. Um, some matchups this week for the NFL. So we have a couple of playoff implications, and we have one draft implication that's, that's that could change a, a whole franchise. Um, I put on Facebook the other day like there's one player I'm glad that he got the Heisman Heisman nomination. And that's Chase Young, who I think is the best player in the draft, who I think is the best player in college football. Um, Ohio State has turned into DEU. The Bosas and now Chase Young, it seems like they're getting better and better with the defensive ends every single year. And we know the we know the Bengals had the worst record. They're gonna they're gonna select Joe Burrow with the number one pick in the draft. But who's gonna get number two? Uh Miami Dolphins visiting the New York Giants. Miami three and ten, Giants two and eleven. The winner, in my opinion, will lose because not only would they not have the chance to get number uh, to get Chase Young, they, you know they 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 they're, they're they're just hurting themselves. And I think you can't as a GM, you gotta get this game in. Like man, I hope he lose. And maybe having Eli Manning there, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna lose because even that Eagles game, they had Eagles on the ropes. Up 17-3, and they played keep away. Like, like their defense is good. Like, their offense is good. And, you know, they kind of, you know, they, and Carson Wentz did what he did and took the lead. And Dolphins, you know, Fitzpatrick, man, he don't care. He's going out to win the game. And I think the Patri- and I think the Dolphins, I think they don't care about tanking as much. So, I think they're going to come bring their A game and try to, which, you know, probably a C to the rest of the league. But they're, they're, they're going to come in, and I think they're going to win this game and I think that's what the Giants need. I think the Giants need to lose this game because you need to get some stars in there when you trade when you let Landon Collins go, trade away OBJ, uh, Eli Manning is out of his prime, so you need stars in New York. And Chase Young is the way to go. I don't want to see Eli finish his career under five hundred, so I want him to win the game if he's going to be the starter. But at the same time. It's gonna have to be a sacrifice on Eli Manning's career record. You know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, he he done so much for him, man. He, he at least he can at least go out there and lose for him one more time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I hate to see him go out under five hundred, man. But when you have a, I think on a scale of one to ten, Chase Young is a nine and a half of a guy who can't miss prospect. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go nine point nine. Yeah, like, I, I feel like he's, outside of the Bosa's, you know, they all went to Ohio State. Like, this dude reminds me of, like, the year Clowney was having. Like, he's he's balling. So, he's almost a can't-miss 
prospect. He's going to be, you know, 10, 12 year vet and getting plenty of sacks in the NFL. So you kind of need to make sure you lose the game to get that pick because with previous draft picks and the direction they're headed in with the right coach, the team could be so special in a, in a year or two. So definitely want to get Chase Young because you need a pass rush to slow down all these mobile QBs or these elite QBs. So I, I hate to see it for Eli to go two games below 500, but but, <laughs> but Chase Young, man, Eli, you're, you're the past. Chase Young is the future. Yeah, and, and it's like, man, how you, how are you going to stop Dak? How are you going to stop Wentz if you can't get to him? I'm not going to mention another team because they ain't got a quarterback yet. So, um, like, in that game against the Eagles, all they needed was a stop, and they win. And they had no pass rush. And people say, well, they got deep tackles. They got – that's not enough. You need somebody off the edge who can get to the quarterback. And already having Leonard Williams, already having Dexter Lawrence, your your D-line can be your best part of your team really, really quickly. And the race for Chase Young is on. And I picked Miami to win this game just because – I want Giants to have him, not Chase Young. So um, we'll see. We'll see when, when that comes, man. I actually, I actually might tune into it just to see, just to see how the Giants gonna play it out because I, I don't, I don't think they can win this game, and and that's sad playing the Dolphins. Yeah, I'm not tuning into this. No. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm, I'm, I need my my, my fantasy implications to, uh, to to take over in this one. Um, like, as much as I love football, I will not <laughs> watch that game. That, that'll that, that'll that'll be on my do not watch list. Oh man! Uh, at one o'clock, we got the AFC South showdown: Texans versus Titans. We've been on the Titans. Really, we really been on the Titans for a long time. We just didn't like them because of one person, Mariota. And Tannehill got these boys eight and five. They was what two and four. Um, yeah, he, going he downhill. Them. Oh my Rescued god! Them. He, he he definitely did. Um, I really think the the Titans are on a are on a surge, and I think they win this game. Um, Derrick Henry's a little banged up, uh, but I, I think I think the pass defense of the Houston Texans won't be able to stop won't be able to stop this uh, this Titans offense. They're very explosive on uh, running running the ball and passing. Uh, Deshaun Watson he's great, but I don't think I don't think he's gonna be great enough. And and after after you got destroyed by the Broncos last week, I'm I'm out. I, Texans better hope that the Steelers lose this week too because. They might they might not make the playoffs, and you know you know the um what we talk about Bill O'Brien, his his ceiling is what nine and seven, yeah this is gonna be a loss. Yeah, I'm picking the Titans. They're at home. It's gonna be the first of two matchups, and the Titans will control their destiny. You win this game, you are on a tiebreaker so far, and then they'll kind of put you guys on like the same record division, you know, division opponent wise, and you know. Conventional wisdom would say after the way Houston played last week, there's no way they would play a bad game again this week. They would kind of bounce back from that. But I don't think so. I think Tennessee's defense is going to be locked in. You have Ryan Tannehill, who, in my opinion, is playing at an MVP esque level since becoming a starter in his seven starts. If you look at a lot of other guys' last seven games, he's playing better than Deshaun Watson. He has numbers better than Russ, you know. So, I think Tannehill is going to lead them to a win. They better hold off on that contract extension. Don't don't be rushing out here and get a four- or five-year deal. <laughs> be stuck. Um, yeah, yeah. So, Tyson, they win this game. 
I could care less what they do against the Saints because they got Texas again on the road. So obviously they they control their own destiny, like you said. So we'll see. I think Texas is going to peak out, like you said, nine and seven. I think that's their. I just think that's their that's their mark for this for them this season. Um, you got anything else you want to say? Status quo. <laughs> um, Rams and Cowboys. Um, both both need a win. Uh, Rams to, to keep keep up in the wild card race, and of course the Cowboys to to win the division. Um, they need to they need this win in my opinion because you can't you the way you play the last two games you have to come out and win the game and uh, what I think the Cowboys won a three game losing streak Patriots Bills and and Bears so something got to give and uh, maybe maybe the Rams come out and blow you out again but at some point at, I, I said this last time at some point the bat the, their bats got to be against the wall and they got to come up and play because the Eagles are going the Eagles schedule too easy they got Washington last week of the season. I don't, oh no, this week and then uh we got Giants last week of the season, so they're going to win at least two more. So you have to win a game. So let's see if Cowboys can do that or not. Four game losing streak. Rams are going to win it. Cowboys can't beat anybody over five hundred. So not much to say. I think the Rams are going to probably won't blow them out, but the Rams will finally win this game. Yeah, if Cow if Cowboys can't protect Jerry World again, like that's that's the problem in his own. Um. And the Sunday night football game, Buffalo versus Pittsburgh. I'm rolling with I'm rolling with my surprise team, the Buffalo Bills. Um, I just don't think Pittsburgh Pittsburgh defense is, is elite. The offense is the opposite. So I, I'm not a believe like Doc Duck is better than um, Mason Rudolph, but Duck not good either. So I don't trust this defense. They, really, and I trust the Buffalo Bills offense more, and that's really what it comes down to. So I'm glad this game got flexed in so everybody can watch. How good Pittsburgh defense is, and how good the Buffalo Bills are, I think I think that was great by the NFL. So we'll see uh, what my boy Josh Allen can do. Yeah, if you're an old school football fan, this is the game for you. It's going to be a defensive battle. It won't be a lot of points scored. It might even be that exciting. But if you love smash mouth running the ball, uh, you know defenses shutting each other down, this is going to be the game for you. Both of these defenses are, in my opinion, two of the top five in the league, along with 49ers. And the Patriots and their fifth defense, I would say Vikings. I think those are the top five defenses in the league. I'm taking the Bills to win the game as well. Uh, this right here is really the battle of the wild card. Whoever wins this game is going to get that five seed. And this win could propel the Bills to what an 11 win season because they could, they, they should beat the Jets the last game. So if they get this win, and you know, the Steelers only. Who they played last week? I thought they played Ravens again. So yeah, yeah, they got they got Ravens again, and I want to say Bengals, probably. That sounds yeah. right. I don't know. But yeah, but but Steelers could be on the fringe of missing the wild card if they drop this one with the Ravens coming up because that that could propel open the door for Texans and Titans to both get in. Right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, a, a good thing is one of the Texans and Titans got to lose this week. So even even they do lose. I think they still might be in. I don't know who gets it between Pittsburgh and Texans, but um, yeah, you're right though. Uh, it, it's going to be a six-three battle. It might be. It might end up in a tie, zero-zero. I don't know. Uh, don't expect a lot of offense from this game at all. Seventeen, fourteen bills. Yeah, that's that, that, that's that sound about right. Um, and Thursday night preview: Ravens Jets. Not too much to say about this. Ravens by forty. Yeah, <laughs> man. Whatever the spread is. I, I didn't. I didn't check when we got on. Whatever the spread is, take it. Donald's gonna probably have an atrocious game. This won't be Donald versus the Cowboys. This is gonna be Donald gonna look a mess. Right, and we're gonna be questioning why. Why did the Jets 
pass on Lamar Jackson <laughs> to, <laughs> for Darnold. So that's that's going to be what they're going to say at the end of this game. I would never question that. For, for the next 10 years, give me Darnold. Oh, of course. I mean, uh, that's probably another conversation for another day, but you know, you know how everybody goes. So, But Lamar Jackson is a better quarterback right now, and he's got, he got a better team, uh, better everything. So better coach, better front office, everything. So um, that's it for us. Uh, Preach Kev Preach with Rashad. We are the Prophets. Uh, like I said, next week we got a special guest on Tuesday. So make sure when that pod comes out that you or and that show is out at 8 a.m. that you spe- that you listen to that as well. So um, it's, it's going to be a good one. Oh yeah, definitely keep tuning in. Go to see Giant and get you some tickets to an event in a city near you. Oh yeah, preach, care, preach, Rashad. We out. <laughs>